a few years ago, <clears throat> I had the opportunity to go back to, to Myanmar. But this was not my first trip to Myanmar, Burma, because myself and my family had been back to this beautiful, amazing country for many, many mission trips and service opportunities, because back in the day there was peace. There was a government that was really established, and yes, they were anti-Christian, but they weren't necessarily anti-American and people coming in. Until 2021, the country shut down because there was truly a war that happened. The military regime came in and murdered thousands and thousands of people that were trying to stand for the freedom that they believed that they deserved. Now a dictator has truly taken over, a general has taken over, and this country is far from safe. For a couple years, my wife and I had been watching the news and trying to listen to find out about the safety of this country so that we could go back. All the news resources had, had been quiet. It had gone through a news cycle for a couple times, and all of a sudden, it looks like everything was fine in the country. So my wife and I decided to make a trip to this country that we thought that was relatively safe. We took all the precautions that we needed just in case. But August of this year, or last year, my wife and I went over there and we found out very quickly that it was far from safe. Every mile or two, there would be a military checkpoint. If you've ever seen like stuff in the Vietnam War or whatever, where there's checkpoints that with, had the big, massive machine guns, not the little rinky-dink things, like you stand behind the machine gun. And every couple miles, there were these checkpoints. And when we were with the Burmese, they were, they were quiet. They knew that one wrong word, one wrong statement could get them killed right then and there. But that got me thinking about our life and the reality of the spiritual battle and the spiritual war that is going on. We go through our everyday lives as if the war doesn't exist. That we just go throughout life as if, and then all of a sudden we're shocked that there's a military checkpoint when we get attacked by the evil one. And we're like, oh, what happened? Well, it's because we had let our guard down. We had listened to the false narrative of our own heart. Everything's okay. We've listened to the lies of the evil one. That's everything's okay. I'm going to leave you alone. You might feel like the devil might say. We might even say, God is powerful. He won't let us go through this. That's a lie too. God is going to allow us to go through it. And he'll be with us through it. But he'll allow us to go through it. Counting all joy when we face trials of what? Many kind. Because we know that it perseveres our faith. So today... And literally for the next weeks to come, I believe that the Lord has laid on my heart to 
have this battle cry starting today and equip you guys even more so with this whole why not. Recognizing that we are in a daily battle and we need to come to Christ and say, help daily, not one of these, oops, I just realized I got shot. No, we need to enter the recognition that the battle wages daily. And when we do, ladies and gentlemen, and we're ready for this, not one of these, look around every corner for the demons. No, but stand firm and say, let the demons come because I know there's victory in Christ Jesus. Let it not be so that we listen to the false narrative of our own heart, the false narrative of churches, that if you just believe in Jesus, you'll be prosperous, you'll have health, and you'll have all this lying stuff. But may it be said of you and I, that at the end of our days, we have stood firm that the battle has been won, but that we fought with Christ daily the battles that we face every single day. So I'm going to pray for us right now. And may this not be the Sunday that you fall asleep. May this not be the Sunday where you've heard spiritual warfare sermons all your life, Christian people. Or may this not be the day that if you're not a believer of Jesus Christ, that you don't place your faith and trust in him today. May today be the day of your salvation. May the day today be the day that we recognize the battle that we face daily. And take notes. Be prepared. And may this obvious teaching actually penetrate your heart today. Father, let it be so. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, here's an opening statement that I would love for you guys to really understand. We, as Christ followers, are facing daily spiritual battles. And the failure to think that the battle is not here and I'm safe is a lie from the enemy. We must take precautions, countermeasures, or else we will be attacked, wounded, sidelined in this battle we face as Christ followers. I'm going to say this again. Ladies and gentlemen, we as the church are going to do everything we can to equip you for the work of the ministry. We constantly, we're going to give you God's word to memorize. We're going to give, encourage you to get into Bible studies, to spend your time with Jesus. We're going to do everything in our power to equip you, train you. But you must, you must observe these obvious teachings daily. And we're doing this together. We are in a battle together. And I want to beg you, beg you with all my heart and i just saw a just no joke i just saw five of you yawn right now at this one moment and i'm gonna say heck no wake up stop yawning and pay attention failure to pay attention and to apply what's being taught will keep you wounded ineffective effective 
And that won't happen today. Just know this. We're going to do everything in our power to equip you. We have a table that is set up right over there by being able to pray on your knees for the people around the world that desperately need our prayers. The question is, and don't raise your hand, have you been praying for these people around the world Larry, last week, shared with you the opportunities to, to read this book and to, and to have a list of people to pray for and to learn on how to be evangelistic and to tell people that there is a Savior. But have you even opened the book? Have you even written the first name down? Why not? Because you're losing the battle. We choose to be complacent. We choose to be unaware of this battle that we are in. And I'm going to tell you right now, you got to pay attention. This ain't religion. This is a relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the evil one is going to do everything in his limited power to distract you and to keep you down. Because when you recognize that you do have power, you do have the Holy Spirit, You, yes, you, you a teacher, you a stay-at-home mom, you a person that might not to the world matter, but to God, you are a warrior for his sake. The evil one is going to keep you complacent. Not today. Now, how can I have confidence in this truth? It's because I'm going to give you the good news first. Can I get an amen? From this good news, ladies and gentlemen, this is where the battle is is waging because this is the truth. The good news is Jesus has won the victory over, over this war of sin and death through his death, burial, and resurrection. Can I get an amen? Listen, he has won the biggest battle, the battle of death, the battle of sin. We jacked it up at the very beginning of time. But he came to correct it. He made things right through his sacrificial death on the cross, raising to, raising to life and saying, death has no power over me. Sin has no power over me. The grave is destroyed. So ladies and gentlemen, listen closely to me. If you believe in the victorious power of Jesus Christ, what else do you have to lose? If you die You're with him. So are you willing to die for the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you know that your sin that so easily entangled you prior to Christ is going to lead you to eternal separation from him forever, then don't let sin master you today. You've been set free. This is what it says in 1 Corinthians Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God that he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And can I get an amen? Do you believe that? All three of you guys do. Do you believe that? If you believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, and there's victory found in him, then this life that we live should be about him, not about toys, him, and not about sin, not about anything else but him. He's victorious. The war 
is done. But we'll still have battles. We'll have daily, daily, daily battles. So let me encourage you with these three truths that you need to hold near and dear to your heart as a Christ follower. And by the way, if you're not a Christ follower, if you're not a believer of Jesus Christ, the wages of your sin is death, eternal separation from God forever. Death is at your doorstep, and you will be accountable at death unless you know Christ because of the sin that so easily entangles you. But Jesus has won victory over sin and death. Place your faith and trust in him today. Here's some encouragements to those only who are true Christ followers. Number one, when we believe in faith that there is now victory in Christ Jesus, we have a future hope in him. First John chapter 3, it says, Beloved, we are God's children. What's the next word? We are God's children. When? Now. And what will be has not yet appeared, but we know, we have confidence in this, that when he appears, we shall be like him because we, see, we, we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Not only do we have a hope in the future time with him, eternity with him, we also have freedom from our sins through him. When we believe and have faith in him, we are now victorious in Christ Jesus and we have freedom from our sins through him. It's called justification. He has made things right. Justified. Which results in, as Galatians chapter 5, 1 says, for freedom has set us what? I think that's part of your problem. Three of you said free. Maybe we're just looking at the screen or writing it down. So let's try this again. For freedom, Christ has set us what? Free. We can say because of the victory of Christ Jesus and the freedom that he has through his death, burial, and resurrection, we have been set free. What have we been set free from? Our sin, the yoke of slavery that bound us. So what should we do? Stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, so we... And, do not submit yourself again to the yoke of slavery of sin. Wish I could talk about that more because I've got a lot more to cover, but I want you to hear me loud and clear. You are set free from sin, so stop sinning. Not only that is we believe and have faith that now is the victory in Christ Jesus and we belong to a body of Christ. Oh, church, hear me closely. You belong to a body. A body of people with different members, but all one together, you belong. And what if, what if, what if, what if today you recognize that you are not a solo act? What if today that it's not about you? What if today you say, you know, it's about him and we get to be a part of a collective group of warriors for the sake and the glory of Jesus Christ? Not to fight against people or a country or politics, but to fight against the evil one where the battle actually wages. What if we step up into this place and we stand firm knowing that we are free in Christ and we can be confident in saying yes to him in purity and in love as a collective body? Ephesians chapter 4 talks that we are, we are equipping each other for the work of the ministry. And we're all joined together. And when all the parts are working together correctly, we become an army against God. 
the evil one. We are the children of God. We are warriors of God. All these words describe that we are in a constant battle. But it's because we can walk into these battles every single day. Yes, we struggle with sin. Yes, we struggle with doubt. But we can step into this battle every day and say, you know what? The war is over. But I'm still struggling. And that's where you get involved in groups and actually read your Bible and be a part of this church and growing. Turn off Netflix. Go to bed early. Wake up early. Get to war, people. Equipping yourself. We're giving you the tools. You actually have to use the tools. Or else, you're going to be wounded. Are you ready for the bad news? Here's the bad news. When we believe and have faith, there is now victory in Christ Jesus. That's still the good news. Here's the bad news. We now battle daily with the devil's temptation of our flesh. The world and disobedience of God's obvious teaching. Simply put, Jesus wins. We're still fighting. When World War II ended, um, I grew, I was up, I was in the Philippines and I heard these real stories. Real stories of Japanese warriors, samurai-like people, that had dug their self into caves for years. The war has over. The treaty had been signed. The war had stopped. But as these people that thought that the war was still going on, dedicated to the battle, dedicated to the war, they would come out of the caves and they would start killing people unexpectedly. Why? Because they thought that the war was still going on. So the same thing applies to us. We know that Jesus is victorious over sin and death, but don't be surprised when the enemy comes and tries to stab you. Why? Because he wants to take us all down as a defeated foe. So who is this defeated foe? The battle is against this defeated enemy. And his name is the devil. He is a defeated foe, and his name is the devil. Other names is Satan, Lucifer. In First Peter, he's called the roaring lion. In Revelation, he's called a serpent, and we see that in Genesis 2. In John 8, he is a murderer, but he is the father of lies. He's the prince of the air, Ephesians 2 says, and his name is Beelzebub, the lord of the flies, and that kind of puts him in his place. This is who he is. But I want you to notice again, he is a defeated foe. But in the middle of his defeat, he's still going to try to do everything in his power to continue the mission that he has on earth. And the mission that he has on earth are twofold. One, he wants to be worshipped. The reason why he was kicked out of heaven is because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped like God. Some many theologians believe that he was like the worship leader 
of the heavenly angels. He was a powerful, very, very powerful being, created being. He was not a god or he is not a god. But in every aspect of his life, he wants to be worshipped. And when we worship the things of the world, we worship Satan. When we worship the things that we struggle with of sin, we worship Satan. And I don't know about you, but if I ask the question, do any one of you want to be a Satan worshiper today? Nobody would raise your hand, but your actions display that you are. I'm going to say it again. If I was to ask you today to raise your hand if you want to be a Satan worshiper, nobody would raise their hands. But for many of you, your life reflects that you just are. And that should not be. Matthew chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, it says, And he said to him, All these things I will give you. So Lucifer, Satan, the evil one, came to Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, and he was tempted just like we were. And Satan said, I will give you all of these things, this world and everything that you love so dearly, as long as you fall down and what me? All he wants, Lucifer, is wants to be worshipped. He wants to be honored. He wants to be glorified. But that worship and glory only belongs to God and God only. And Jesus' response is, be gone, Satan. He resisted Satan and he had to flee. And Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Hear me closely, Catalyst Church. Where's your worship? Anything that is not worshiping God is idolatry, and this idolatry is ultimately sinning against a holy God. So in this battle that we still face, with this defeated foe, we also know that his mission is to prevent people like you and I and believers, non-believers, and his limited power to being restored back to God. If you are not a believer of this, in this room, you're blind. And so was I, and so were other believers. You're blind in your sin because you love the sin more than you love the Savior. You love the creation more than you love the creator. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, In their cases, the God of this world, little g, God, Satan, Lucifer, evil one, has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Why? To keep them, mission statement, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, of the glory of God, who is the image of God. You can just see it in the throne room wherever Lucifer is placed. And by the way, Lucifer is not an omnipresent being. He's in a permanent place somewhere. We don't know where. But in his throne room here on earth, not in heaven, you can potentially see the mission statement on the wall. And it says this, keeping humanity from seeing the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you and I play into his mission statement every day when we keep your mouth shut about the glory and the gospel 
Jesus Christ. Again, we can equip you, we can train you, we can preach at you, and we can say, read your Bible, listen to God, do what he says. We can give you all this stuff, but if you take it and just leave it in your car, you take it and you throw it away, you take it and then you just don't do anything with it, ladies and gentlemen, you have lost the battle already. And Satan wins. So what are some tactics that he has? So we know who our foe is. He is a defeated foe. And I've listed the names. You know his mission and his purpose is to be worshipped and to prevent those from coming to Christ Jesus and seeing Jesus. But he has tactics in this. One of the tactics is he lies. He's, his natural language is lying. And it says this in John chapter 8, verse 4. It says, You are of your father the devil. And your will is to do what your father desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He lies. He speaks out of his own character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I want you to hear loud and clear. Here's the truth. Failure to place your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior leads you to eternal separation from God forever in a place called hell. Truth. There's no other way. There's no good deeds. There's no, I go to a good church. There's been in church all my life, and one of the lies that I hear from some of you and some or a lot of people, it's like, I said, tell me how you know that after you take your last breath, you will see Jesus. Well, I grew up in the church, is the answer, lie. I've been a good person all my life, lie. The answer should be Jesus and what he did for me, not what I did for him. It may be said of you, and they said of me that we stay in this beautiful place and not believe the lies. I struggle with this. And this is where I... This is my struggle. As a church-going person all my life, I have struggled with just being good. And in my legalism, I kept on saying, at least I'm not as bad as Wes. At least I'm not as bad as Barry. I'm definitely better than Tim. But that's a lie. We, no matter how good Christian we are, we will always fall short of the glory of God. And this is where we all enter the truth of a statement that you must claim for yourself. Who is Jesus? And my heart is so heavy for many of you, more than you could even imagine. 
And that even now I see some of you that I'm talking to about shake your head. It's because you shake your head and says, yeah, them. No, maybe the Holy Spirit is like, yes, me. The truth is, Jesus needs to be your Lord, Savior, and King. Failure to allow Him or place Him on the pedestal that He belongs will result and will continue to result in you and I, you and I, recognizing that it's yes, Jesus, but a little bit of me. So what do we do on the throne of our life? We're like, Jesus, you can have the right seat. I'll have the left seat. Let's share the glory. Lie, 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 lie. His tactics are everywhere. In the world that we live in, I love social media. I love YouTube. Yesterday was my day off. Had a little bit of time just to sit and do nothing. I just scrolled through sermons. I'm a nerd, I know. So I throw sermons and teachings of God's word. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's something new to learn or there's something more to learn. I just want to be a learner because I know that I'm at a war. Why? So that when somebody asks me a question, I'm equipped to actually try to share with you. But here's the problem. Many of you have believed the lie. It's like, you know enough. Bull honky. Lie. You will never know enough. You come to church and said, feed me. And then you leave and you like, feed me, world. Lie. And this is where the false teaching comes in. Yesterday, while I was watching YouTube, I was just listening to something. And for five minutes of a 10-minute clip, I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then they threw in a truth-ish, which around here, that's a false teaching. It was set up really good. And even myself, I was soaked into it. But then all of a sudden, the truth is comes in. I'm like, warning, warning, and warning. Lie, 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 lie. Flip the channel. But can I be honest? Many of you would still listen to that and take that truth. Why? Because you're believing the lie and you're not checking with Scripture. You're believing the lie and you're turning into a charismatic teacher or a good graphics on a screen or trying to find a church that will tickle your ears. Oh, may it never be the case around here that your ears are tickled, but your heart changes because the Word of God is being preached. And we say it around here all the time. We say, listen to God and do what He says, but you actually have to listen to God. You actually have to know the difference between a lie and truth. The evil one's going to do everything in his power to lie, 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 lie to you. In order to know the lie, you need to know the truth. I'm just going to be real with you. Continue to go on. This is going to be a two-weeker, by the way. All right, so this is going to, listen, I'm going to li listen to me. I'm going to harp again on the 95% of you that did not memorize God's word. Why? Why? Because you're lazy. You love the world. And you're like, oh man, Dave's going to make me feel weird on, on Sunday. I can suck it up for that five minutes. Oh, you've lost already. 
You believe the lie. For the weeks and months to come, we're going to be talking about the sword, which is the word of God, and how to apply it to our life. We have to allow it to stab our heart first. But we actually actually have to pick it up to apply it. Oh, church, hear me. You're believing a lie, and you don't know the truth. You and I live in a crooked world that will give you just enough truth to make you deceived because it's actually truth-ish. So I want to come to you, and I just want to simplify it this. Do you know the truth? And as the truth of Jesus Christ set you free. If you're shaking your head, Jesus, yes, you know Jesus, good. But do you know what he says to do? What is his obvious teaching that we're supposed to do? And if I get you here for 45 minutes every Sunday, that ain't enough. Don't believe the lie that just because you go to a church service, just because you go to a church service that preaches the word, that that's enough. Lie, 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 lie. Stop believing these lies. And then the last one, because this is definitely going to have to be a two-weeker because I have all these pages that I didn't even get to. And even, gosh, this look... This, here's an honest, so the preacher in me is just like, I, I got to cover all this today. What is that? That's a lie. I'll get to this. I'm not on a clock. But we're going to stay still with these truths that the mission statement of the evil one is to blind the mind and the heart of the non-believers. He's a real being. He's going to do everything in his power to limit you or prevent you from being restored back to relationship with God. And in this mission statement, if you want to think about this, if this is about a relationship with the holy God, a relationship, and we sin against this holy God, yes, we will still come to know and in heaven. We'll still be with him because of his grace, but we miss the intimacy. For example, if my wife and I have been married 20 plus years, stopped talking We're still married, right? To death do we part. But if we stop talking, would there be distance between us? If I stop serving her, would there be distance between us? The answer is absolutely. So listen, I'm being very tough on us today. Why? Because we need to recognize the lies that so easily entangle us. We're at war, but listen to me. Here's a truth. The devil didn't make you do it. Say that again. The devil did not make you do it. What is it? Sin. What is it? Believe the lie. What is it? Whatever distraction he has to tempt you. Hear me closely. The battle warning that I want to leave you with today is simply this. 
the devil made me do it, is a what? Oh, listen. The devil made me do it is a what? Is a lie. From the devil, even himself. The devil only tempts you because he knows your fleshly desires. I don't struggle with alcohol. Never have. I don't think ever will. So will the devil attack me with my alcohol addictions? Yes or no? No. But he'll attack me with my pride. He'll come every day and he'll say, look at you. You have a microphone strapped to your face. People are listening to you on the internet, around the world. You're doing all these selfie things. Look at you. Lie. Lie. Lie, lie. But if I don't know the truth that I am nothing and he is everything and i'm not here to please you i'm here to please him if i believe that truth i can take the selfies in confidence i can stand up here and preach god's word because i don't care about your feelings i care about the truth you have to choose whether you're going to believe the truth and apply it to your everyday life it's not believing the lies and believe the truth The devil did not make you do the sin that you did last week. You did it. He just tempted you. And that is one of his biggest tactics. Lying and temptation. Lying and temptation. Lying and temptation. Jesus himself was tempted. And it says in Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 3, Then Jesus was led to by the Spirit. Notice, God the Spirit took Jesus the Son into the wilderness to be tempted. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was physically at his lowest. The tempter came to him at that moment and said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Notice the evil one attacked Jesus where he was weakest. And he'll do the same to you, and he'll do the same thing to me. And this is why for the next couple months, we are going to be talking about how to counterbalance these weaknesses that we have in our life. Be here. I want to leave you with the battle warning again, but all of the battle warning comes from this last verse. James chapter 1, 13 through 15. Here's the obvious teaching. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. We see in the story with, with Jesus, he, Jesus led them, or the Spirit led them into the wilderness and then he was tempted. God's going to allow us to go into a temptation thing, and the evil one's going to attack us. But God himself has never tempted you. For God cannot be, cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. If you're going to write down any statement or any verse of today, write this down. Truth upon truth upon truth. When tempted... 
it's not from God. But when tempted, it's from the evil one, knowing your weakness. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by what? His own evil desires. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. We need to take responsibility for our own sin and worship of the world and Satan himself. The battle warning for today, and we will continue this next week, is this. The devil made me do it is a what? Lie. From the devil himself, the devil only tempts you because he knows your and my fleshly desires. He knows our weakness. The devil wants you to think that it is his fault. He's like, blame the devil. All you want to, the devil says. But here's the truth. So that you can blame him, not your own sin that gives birth to death. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? What is God saying to you today? Where have you been tricked? Where have you been weak? Where is he tempting you? Where have you believed the lies? It's time right now to repent and to turn from your disobedience. With your head bowed and eyes closed, be still. Talk to him about this. If your mind right now is blank, you're in a spiritual war. If your mind is saying that's for somebody else, you're in a spiritual war. But Christ is victorious or even those thoughts because it's sin so spend time just talk to him For those of you who are Christians, Christ followers, keep praying. But I want to talk to those of you who are not believers of Jesus Christ. Your father is the devil. Because you have believed the lie that God might not even exist. Or if you believe that he exists, that he doesn't care. Or maybe that you think that he doesn't care and you think you can earn your way into his grace. You can't. It's by his grace and his love and his mercy only. 
Here is the truth. You are a wicked sinner compared to the holiness of God Almighty. You don't have to be a murderer or a rapist. You can just be a liar, a cheat, a thief. One sin separates you from the love of God, but God so loves you. Yes, you. That he sent his only son to be that sacrifice, that replacement for you. Because the wages, the penalty of your sin is death. Eternal separation from him forever, the one who loves you. He died on that cross in your place. But upon faith in his resurrection, you can have life. Through the life that he is right now, alive and well, the question is, do you want to, at the end of time, look God in your eyes and say, but I thought differently from those truths. Or today could be the day of your salvation, saving you from sin and death through Jesus Christ on the cross. A prayer does not save you. Your hearts surrender to him by confessing that he is the Lord and believing in your heart that he rose from the dead. Is all about repentance, basically turning, recognizing that you're a sinner in needing of a Savior. So the prayer does not save you. But if you need some help, here's a prayer that you can pray. Say in your heart and your mind, believe with all your heart. I'm going to pause, and maybe this is some of you in this room right here that's said that you are a Christian, but you're really not. Maybe this is some of you in this room that's been going to church all your life, but you're really not saved. Let today be the day of salvation. Say something like this. God, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. I repent, I turn and recognize that you are Savior. You are Lord. You are God. I believe and have faith, even though I not, don't know all the answers, that Jesus did come. He did die in my place. And I truly believe even though I don't understand it all, that he rose from the dead, victorious over sin and death. And I receive and place my faith in the victor over sin and death, Jesus Christ himself. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, how many of you in this room can honestly say, Yes, today was the day of salvation, and today I truly place my faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, raise your hand up. Thank you. Anybody else, raise your hand up.
and go to put it back down. It's hard for me to see, but if you prayed and you really meant that, just look at me. Congratulations, by the way. Death has no sting over you, and sin has no conquering power over you. You will still sin, but he is victorious over your life. And in this, I say congratulations. God be glorified. Please let us know and fill out a connection card, or if you need to come to the crosses afterwards, we'd love to pray for you. If everybody could bow your head and close your eyes and answer this one question. How many of you in this room, as believers of Jesus Christ, can honestly say you have been weak in this battle and you have believed lies and you have fallen to the tactics of the evil one and you have fallen into the temptation of sin? And today is the day that you recognize that you're in a battle. And you need to armor up and to be equipped. Surrender to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you can testify right now that says, I need to get back into the battle. If that is you, I would like for you to stand. say it again. If you have been lacking and not where you need to be and you know that you are in a battle and by recognizing that you're in a battle you need Jesus' help as victorious king. I'm going to ask one more time for you to please stand. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the first opportunity of the rest of your life to recognize the war has been won but by you standing here right now, you are recognizing that you are a part of his army and that you have been in the hospital wounded for many years, many days, many weeks. I want you to all look at me. Who has won the battle? Who has won the war? Jesus. Do you believe that? Yes. Then who can stand against you? No one. Not even the devil. So this, ladies and gentlemen, is just the starting point for us to enter the battlefield that is already here. And know that in Christ Jesus, he wins every time. Do you believe this? Let's proclaim it in song.
you believe it, sing it. There's peace that outlasts darkness, hope that's in the blood. There's future grace that's mine today, that Jesus Christ has won. So I can face tomorrow, for tomorrow's in your hands. All I need you will provide, just like you always have. I'm fighting a my 
Do you believe the battle is already won? Then go live your life as it. Stop being a sissy. Enter the battle. Fight on your knees. Fight with the word of God. And let's go change the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So let's go listen to God and what? Action speaks louder than words. Go. Listen to God. Do what he says. Have a great week.